1: That's NOom.com to sign up for your trial today. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you guys about the MLB Roto Baller Challenge, hosted by our friends at Fantrax on Fantrax.com. Fantrax is the most customizable free fantasy baseball platform in the industry, and that's why we're hosting over our 2022 Roto Baller Challenge over on Fantrax. If you want the greatest fantasy experiments, sign up for a free Roto Baller Challenge team today by going to rotoballer.com backslash challenge. All leagues are free to join and you get to compete against Rotoballer writers and readers for a shot at $500 cash grand prize. All new Fantrax users get entered into a free giveaway to win a signed official MLB Wander Franco jersey. If you want to get entered to win a Wander Franco jersey and are new to Fantrax, go to Fantrax.com backslash Bubba and sign up for your free Fantrax account today. Once you have your Fantrax account, go to rotoballer.com backslash Challenge to join the Challenge League, but go to Fantrax.com backslash Bubba to create your Fantrax account. Be entered to win a Wander Franco autographed jersey. But for now, welcome to Benched with Bubba. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 115. We continue our tour around the Diamonds for our second time discussing the outfield position for the 2022 fantasy baseball season, whenever that may happen, because it will. And we're going to pick up where we left off. We left off through the first 35 outfielders last week. We'll make a run through. 20, 30, 35 more. We'll see this week, see where things go. Got a couple listener questions, and we'll probably just, you know, just go on tangents from time to time because that's what we're gonna do. But before that, you can find me on Twitter at BD Intric, and my co host is always on Twitter at batflipcrazy. Toby, how we doing, my friend? Uh, we're
2: doing we're doing all right, Bubba. I'm trying to keep it uh, I'm trying to keep it positive. Um, you know, in light of today's news that the season is going to be that we're gonna have some games that are canceled and you know they haven't come i'm I chose a really bad day to be on a cleanse. I'm on day oh, two of no. a cleanse, yeah, where i'm just i just have these shakes and water, and that's all I've eaten for two days.
1: Oh man, you could be going and like on a super like chocolate rush right now.
2: I am just i i'm uh I'm feeble at the moment, so oh, no, yeah, Not but that's good. okay. That's okay. I got plenty of energy for the show. But it's it. just like, you know, dra-
1: Nick, link is sent. Toby's back. Toby, how are we doing? All right. and We got a special guest coming on. <laughs> Nick Pollock in the house, everybody. Whoa. What is happening? <laughs> it's so good to on? see you
0: guys. You know, I, I got to say, I toby you look great when i can't see your mouth i'm serious this is wonderful the way you got the pop filter and the mic there you sound amazing what amazing. are you trying to say about my mouth no i'm saying it means you're dedicated <laughs> you know you're, you dedicate like your quality to the people listening I, at home i am dedicated to the quality uh, of the
2: listeners at home i respond to uh constructive criticism and i embrace the new world of uh high quality audio
0: you sound great you're you really <laughs> thank do. You. i gotta say thank and, you i and... appreciate it
2: i've actually like i just changed the audio so that instead of being like bubba you sound great
0: like you'll be like toby you sound great too because oh man that feels I mean, good it's wonderful it's 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 sugar to my ears It's
1: beautiful you know? that's the goal
0: a little golden pillow, golden of, pillow. of wonder wonderful fantasy analysis
1: so we can and... put him to sleep with our analysis, Toby. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's comfort is what it is. It's comfort that's on comfort. a day like today that is just, it is, it is hard today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I gotta say guys for, um, you know, I, I like to joke like this on a day like today that the worst thing you could ever do is be in a business that is out of your control if it exists or not. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's what I've decided to do. So I, yeah. Today's cool and great and sad and terrible and I'm just happy I get to talk to both of you very briefly. Oh, I'm it glad you got to jump in real quick, uh, Because you know what? Happier.
1: You know, if worst comes to worst, the beat still goes on, right? We keep we keep chugging right. along because they're gonna play eventually. They're gonna play. It's they just better. the owners have to stop being so greedy. It's that simple. But it's not that simple, I guess. So
0: that's the grand scheme. When of when would you say opening day will be?
1: I was talking about. I think it was right before you came in. I think at the earliest mid April, I'm thinking more like May 1st. Oh, sounds God. like opening day. Oh, God. Which stinks. I don't want it that way. Trust me. I do not want that at uh, all. I know.
0: I know. But Maybe that's first. just. Is that you too, Toby?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much. And Toby's gone again. The only. toby gone again. There he is. To- Toby's got a bad cord. Oh, I know this. Time. The Yetis
0: do this. Yeah. That I had to. a bad cord? Get it one cord? From Amazon. Yeah,
1: the, yeah the... you keep going in and out.
0: Yeah. The, the, the connection oh right my at the God. Yep. Yeah, you're good. So they we're have we're a good? bad location.
1: You're good yeah. right now. Now I'm
2: gonna st- stay away from it. Holy cow. Just when I'm touting <laughs> my own audio. Uh, I think I, I'm I'm pretty uh I, I think I'm pretty in the May first bucket. I mean, I think the real challenge to the whole situation is that the owners do not the owners do not really seem to care, right? Like oh, gotcha. they did they, there's all this posturing in the media that they've done but they really haven't fundamentally changed their position at all. And they're not willing to give in. And I think from the player's perspective, like they're very unified as well. And I think that's the challenge is do the owners do anything? until it starts hurting their pocketbook because I really don't think that the owners have the best interest of the sport at all in mind. I mean, it's a total money play. And so if it's a total money play and they don't care about the sport, which I firmly believe at least the vast majority of them, then what's like, what's going to, what's going to cause the stalemate to break? Are they, you know, is it going to be the players, players breaking away? And And I don't think that they can like in any good, like in any good faith. So I think it's a really challenging situation I don't want to be dire about it. I think we'll have baseball eventually because it it is about money and it'll end up hurting the owner's pockets at some point in time, the TV TV rights and stuff like that. will start pressuring them. But right now it's just, it's just glum that like the future of baseball rests in the hands of these owners,
0: man, I I, I'm just so sad that I have to hear a word like glum today. Yeah. You know, that's a word I haven't heard for a while because it's all positivity, but Glum has has re-entered my vernacular now. And glum. Just don't, just don't it, type it it won't be as real. Yeah, I won't, I will never type glum. Don't type
1: it. Oh man. Oh, man.
0: Well um, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to get us down. I mean no, I'm, you're far, I'm just... Part I, I literally my head was like, Glum is a word, right, Nick? It is. Yep. It is. It That's is how much um, I'm usually so positive. And today I'm like, you know what? Yep. Baseball. Is still gonna live. This is a bump in the road. The green exactly. pastures are ahead. There
1: it is. There it is. But this sucks. Yes, it does. This and, this
0: sucks so much. And well, sorry, yeah, I just want Cracker Barrel with you guys. Yeah, celebrate I'll talking about So
2: Dairy Queen, a little Dairy yeah. Queen right now. Oh man, you know? Bubba, don't do this. I'm yeah, on yeah, a fast. A cleanse. I'm yeah, drinking he's, he's... water. I'm on. A, yeah, I'm like fast slash cleanse or whatever. I'm just drinking like. I had like. I've had 480 total calories in the last two days, man. What? Yeah. And you're talking so about Dairy Queen like athletic and greens? Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I'm just resetting. I'm resetting the system. But what? I'm, what
0: are the four hundred and eighty calories?
2: Oh, there's. It's just a. It's like a, a plant protein shake. Four hundred and eighty with a variety of, of different, you know, <laughs> minerals and vitamins so and things like, like that. Greens, and I I'm do this for two right days. Now. Yeah. I do this for 2 days uh-huh. and then for the rest of the week all 5 days it's pretty much just vegetables. Okay. With a little bit of plant and animal protein. So, so I'm going to have finished... sardines for dinner. Oh wow. And I'm going to have garbanzo beans for lunch in my salad. And I do this all the time. I do these all the time. I do it like I did it like 2 months ago. It's really nice for like resetting your system. You feel great um afterwards once you start able to eat like actual food <laughs> sure and it's just a nice little reset because i have a problem with moderation mm. so like i had go through the same trajectory where i start off and i'm like do one of these cleanses and then i'm like man i feel great i'm gonna eat healthy and then i'm like oh you want to know something i should do like i should splurge like one day a week like i should be able to get my my apple fritter i should be able to go to dq Right. I should be able to do these things. And then pretty quickly over the period of like a couple of days, I'm like, but it's Tuesday. And like, I should be eating anything that I want right now. That's like delicious. It's I'm an adult Tuesday. full of sugar. I, yeah. Exactly. So I just need to remind myself how much I enjoy food by denying
0: myself. All um, right. Well, there you go. Food. It's like I, I stopped drinking coffee for about a couple of weeks every December on purpose. So that I can reset and it. And Toby doesn't drink coffee.
1: Uh,
2: I drink coffee very rarely. Uh, when I do, it's mostly decaf. When I do have caffeinated what's coffee. What's the point then? Exactly. Why are you it having It tastes decaf? good. It tastes good. What's the <laughs> point of no drinking?
0: no one ever. See, what's pa-
2: the, what's the is, point of drinking coffee if you don't like the taste of it? Oh, no, no, There's is, a difference between so great. decaf
0: and, and caffeinated coffee of taste.
1: Big time. Yeah, this this example right here between his diet, his, his the healthy diet plus the dessert diet, of uh, his coffee, the way he analyzes baseball, the way I analyze, but this is why we work well together. We are oh, like absolutely. the yin and the yang of the situation. Like and, and, I go and have like a, a steak dinner, he's basically a vegetarian, like a pescatarian. Like we're like totally absolutely. It. It's
0: like it's the great. Olive Law from I uh, from yeah. How I Met Your Mother. Right. Yep. Uh, you have the it's steak. Awesome. He has the dessert. You know, you guys complement each I other. I just love way. listening to it. You, you guys are such a good compliment that here I am wedging between you. You're always you welcome, Nick. You're always welcome. You,
2: you want to know it's really good coffee? Vietnamese coffee.
1: Yes, I'm trying to sell me I drink, on this. I I'm, I'm not
0: going to listen to your opinion on this, Toby. I can't. It's incredibly I, I good. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I mean, this is. I'm a guy who had Folgers all last year because it was so convenient and cheap. But now I've actually discovered my the, favorite guy, coffee. the
2: guy The guy who drinks Folgers all the knew, time knew is telling me
0: there's a difference between caffeinated yes, and decaffeinated
2: it was coffee bad. taste uh, i mean come on how i knew like, was eroding
0: bad. your credibility i'm trying to tell every you second i'm trying no, to tell you great. i knew it was bad and even i knew drinking Folgers at how wrong you are that's what i'm trying to get at uh, but mean, now i drink uh joe coffee big city and it's like the greatest coffee in the world it's oh my god i don't
2: yeah. technically drink like regular coffee so, i have lattes
1: yeah. i have uh, oat milk he's to, lattes he's got to have sugar right? with his he's got to have a lot of sugar well, I do. I, too I do <laughs> no sugar little just sugar. oat milk yeah. and oat oat
2: milk, lattes right? the the vietnamese coffee you use sweetened condensed milk now that yeah. one is sugary but it's also absolutely delicious And it's Robusta beans, which I didn't know this at all, but Robusta beans are three times as caffeinated, super caffeinated, super caffeinated compared Mm. to Arabica beans. And I didn't know this the first time that I had my, my Vietnamese coffee at home and I made it super strong and I don't drink caffeine usually. I think I already shared it on the podcast, but I felt like I felt like I was like outside of my body. Yeah, it was just like, with what was all going over, on, right?
0: And it was just jittery much, like just yeah. looking at my arms
1: and Nick my had hands, no idea like, what he was getting into tonight. No, I mean this
0: is what I needed though. <laughs> um, and I just got to say what'd you say it was robust robusta? Beans. Robusta. Robusta, It sounds like robusta groove. What a what a wonderful game. Um, That sounds like a
1: great thing to do at Fpas this year. We're going to robusta groove because we're going to baseball. We're going to see
2: who can put the most tablespoons of robusta beans (laughs) in their coffee. We're going to all take. We're going to have a cup of
1: robusta beans, Vietnamese coffee. Go play wiffle ball at Fpas. I think we have something. Oh yeah, well,
0: wiffle ball is something I've been trying to push for a while. I and I will say, you guys should know this by now. I think, I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise, that I do not give in to peer pressure. I don't <laughs> care. You can say whatever you want, Nick, about, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to have a coffee off and see who can endure more caffeine. I don't know. I don't want to do that. That, that. No, you win. Congrats, Toby, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> he wins. No. I mean, I can't wait to see you guys again in Arizona. Yep. I'm a little upset. You know, I didn't go down to Florida, of course, because for obvious reasons, those so was spring training. Yep. um and conference no is still happening stuff. though virtual it is i will i will be there i will um, be there as weekend. well friday fantastic is there a poker game can we make one <laughs> oh, I don't probably know a question
1: <laughs> probably
0: <laughs> but uh, all Those right are some I've, late nights i've stolen your time for my own joy enough i think the people need to know about outfield and part two. Uh, i mean part two so i assume it's like 26 now i'm gonna go with that
1: we're getting deep. We're starting with number 36. Oh, 36 dang. through seventy. Yeah. Whoa. We do it
2: different on this. podcast. We see, it, yeah, we,
1: do. we see how far we can get depending on how much robusta beans Toby had. Yeah. To see how far sure. we can I, get. If
2: I had robusta <laughs> beans right now with, with the amount of food I've eaten over the last two days, I would just like, I, I don't know. What I, I'm going to,
0: I'm going to segue into this by saying, where is Jorge Soler? And where's Akil Badu? Well,
1: Akil, uh, Akil Badu is 34. not Soler anywhere. Is He's going Jorge's, way too no. high. Jorge Soler and Jorge 55. Soler
2: is great.
1: He's 55. <laughs> Badoo's 39.
0: Okay. Soler needs to be higher than 55. These
1: aren't rankings. These are ADP.
2: These are
0: by ADP. So we gotta analyzed them by Guys, ADP. Come on. Bubba, how dare you put him at 55? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, you know me. Always moving and shaking in the ADP world. That's me. <laughs> come on, but,
0: man.
2: M- Nick, before you go, though. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. On your FSWA award, oh, yes. award oh, for Podcast of the year! That's, you it's, and it's Alex insane. have been doing fantastic work for a number of so, years. So who gets custody and you of the award? Keep on getting recognized in all these dis- <laughs> different spheres, like baseball pods tournament you win, and then you and win the silly. FSWA, we, we and you're always trying to like how. be humble and stuff. I just want to see you own it. You know, like don't <laughs> don't give into the. Peer humility pressure,
0: you know. Well, I am serious. When you I when I got the phone like... call, I picked it up and um I said, "They said hey, is this Nick Pollock?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're trying to call Paul Spore. So here's the number, <laughs> uh, right now, in case you need that one." Um, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's something that is only a product of everybody else. You know, it's like, well There's no way we're doing this is. stuff without everybody in the industry, as you guys know, being just amazing and supportive and and all that stuff. Um. Also, I think we had a a, uh, a huge benefit. They they didn't give the award to On the Corner. They it gave the, picture the award, award to the Pitcher List podcast, uh, you know, Pitcher List Fantasy Baseball, which Hacks and Jacks is a part of yep. and also separately got nominated. So they are the true winners, in my view. Ooh. And yeah. that this, network is guy. like, that, that feed over the offseason had, I think, 12 different shows go on it. So nice. it's a product of everybody. It's not me alex whatever it's adam howe overseeing the entire thing it's all those amazing adam's great together. we love oh adam my god adam on the what a what a joy it is i get to work with him so yep. it's an incredible thing I, i'm still shocked that we were able to beat the likes of nbc and the athletic and Fangraphs and our own picture list podcast i <laughs> uh, but you uh, beat yeah. your own
2: but, podcast to do it did. wow that's kind we of it was, the boss is this. Wow.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah no i give a better speech than alex fast and that's all that's important you know yes yes
1: and by the way i I forgot to tweet it out i think but uh the two of you uh, with pcp on fantasy pros was one of the funniest things i have ever heard (laughs) because i know both of you guys pretty well so i know the guy humor but that was like genuine it wasn't even shtick that was like genuine just i loved it loved every minute of it
0: we we don't do that you know you know me i i don't want to fight ever and that is the only time i think i allow it but it's because everyone knows it's so tongue-in-cheek yep right and the fact that fast is coming up with this stuff without uh-huh. any ranks of his own it's it
1: was so like, good it was so good
0: like what do you want from me where are you gonna put Marcus Strowman? and he's like would you have it above him and goes well no like what am I doing wrong yeah. <laughs> point goes so to good. Alex yeah. unbelievable and he
1: sets you up by putting the outline together with all kinds of, it was just it was amazing
0: it was, it was a really fun time like, he's he do a,
1: do he's it. been living down in Hollywood too long where he's already making scripts and all kinds of stuff
0: it's 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 unreal we gotta save him. We gotta Man. save him. All right, seriously, talk about outfielders. The people need it. Okay, I, I need I, I'm
1: good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but all right, I'm yeah. gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna well, thanks go. for joining us, thank- Nick. As no, always. thank you for having me, and never is always over again. Toby, okay, (laughs) all right. I'll have to steal the show instead. If you show up every time I freeze
2: my camera, Nick, I will be freezing my camera all the time. I'm always watching, especially like you
0: come on the show and you're like, man, your audio quality is seriously, though. Seriously, guys, if you're listening to this right now, leave a review for A Bench with Bubba and tell Toby how good his audio is. Seriously, it's pretty uh, darn good. uh, He needs to know how we all appreciate it. Thank you, all right. And on that, have a wonderful podcast. I'll see you guys later.
1: Thank you, my friend. Hi, Nick. Thanks for joining us. See so, ya. Yeah. Well, that was fun. That was fun. I love it. I love it. If people want to jump on from time to time, I'm always up for it, especially if we're going to have a walkout. So let's <laughs> let's kill some time having some fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it listening and it wasn't too much for you. I'll put in the notes, jump to like 20 minutes if you want to go straight to the fantasy stuff. But uh, it's fun just to catch up. And if you guys think that was... Uh, kind of goofy you should have been in the car rides with me toby nick and miles going to a uh, cracker barrel to baseball games to dairy queen yeah it was it was it was just like that <laughs> so enjoy it but um all right toby let's pick up outfielders where we left off toby hates most of them one through 35 he doesn't like that, most of them because they don't contribute yes. categories Although, he doesn't want
2: <laughs> in tgfbi i did draft my first two two hitters are or my first two of my first three hitters are outfielders so i guess i'm a liar <laughs>
1: beautiful beautiful when the, the ones rubber ones i meets like. the road rubber meets the road it gets fun well yeah you got your year stole let me guess was uh was there like a Arena, an O'Neill, mm. uh robert no. kyle tucker no i kind of surprised myself
2: a little bit but well i went with um i got Brian, byron buxton you, and I
1: don't, I don't mind it. I, I like him. Like I'm surprised that that came out of your draft.
2: And yeah, I mean, the thing is I've been drafting DCs over and over and over again. And, and so like, it's just such a different situation when you can actually put somebody on your bench or have an injury replacement for them. And on a per plate appearance basis, he's just so he's phenomenal. And with my start, like I started, I started, um, uh, I started Burns. What did I start Burns Wheeler. Burns Wheeler. Okay, surprised. Burns Wheeler Iglesias nice. is how I started. Three pitchers and out the game, and then I went with Buxton. I like it though. And then I went with um. I went with Dylan Cease. Nice.
1: He went pitcher heavy
2: early. Heavy, I heavy. went very pitcher heavy. I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it, but I, I'm really I'm trying this out. I'm going to see how the offense fills in, how comfortable I feel with it. It hasn't been a draft where things have fallen the way that yeah. I have I have wanted them to fall. I've been looking at other people's boards, and I'm just like, my God. You know, like yeah. Burns at 18. I feel you. Uh, Zach Waxman posted his board. It was like...
1: Was it a real board, or was it one of Zach's fake boards?
2: Oh, I don't know, but... It, yeah, I think I'm just was, saying.
1: It's what he's done I, I don't this know, many but times. it was
2: Burns Hater. Burns at 16, Hater at 45. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's and, fake, if that's the case. Uh, I mean, we'll maybe see. it is. Maybe it we'll is, see. but he, he managed Laxton, to get on the podcast. I, so, yeah. So, it was just... I was just like
1: you well, know it's a heck of a heck of a start and I can not
2: yeah well we'll see we'll see I don't love it I honestly don't love it but
1: and what, what where were you at the 8th pick you I said? was the 6th pick 6th pick okay I was the 6th pick
2: yeah. um yeah. but okay. I feel pretty good I mean the I mean the honestly the Burns Wheeler Iglesias start was great I was just that hoping pretty, that maybe some awesome. other guys fell to me um so, so was Hendrix was Hendrix
1: and Hayter already gone yeah they were gone they were gone. So they I were think Hader really... went the
2: pick before me, or two picks before me. Okay. Um, that would have been really nice. But yeah,
1: like, that would have been. A, a can't amazing. win them all. Nope. No, you got a great start, so that's good. We'll see how that keeps going, and when uh, we get closer to finishing these drafts, we'll maybe do an episode towards those and to kind of talk about how things went there because it is interesting doing that. I did my tout draft today, then like one other Fab league, I think, and changing the mindset between the two DCs to Fab, it's a little different. We got to kind of take a step back and uh see where things go, so we'll uh, we'll get that going for sure. But let's head to the outfield. I, I usually would have ch- changed the uh, ADP like settings for dates, but I kept it the same so we keep close to the same order. So it's still from February 9th on, so there's 25 total DC drafts in the books. And At 36, we have Trent Grisham, 37, Chris Taylor, 38, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., 39, Akil Badu. And as of last night, 40 was. Austin Meadows. So we'll go with that. Meadows and Verdugo are actually tied in ADP at 161.84. So Grisham, Taylor, Gurriel, Badu, Meadows. Thoughts, Toby?
2: Yeah. So for me, I mean, Grisham is interesting. I haven't drafted him yet, but he's definitely a guy that's on my radar. You know, he should be batting leadoff mostly for the Padres and the Padres have some major weaknesses in their lineup. So Whereas, like, in last season when they were fully healthy, dropping him to the back of the lineup was a possibility. I'm not sure it is, you know, this year. So I anticipate that he'll probably see a few more plate appearances hitting first. And one thing that I noticed about Grisham when I dove in was that he actually doesn't have platoon splits. So, like, he's actually hit lefties, I think, better than righties um, so far. And so there's a little bit less of a concern there. I think the one concern I have with him is the power. I think we saw that power in the shortened season, you know, with the 10 home runs in less than 300 plate appearances. And that was super encouraging, but he saw a pretty significant drop in his barrel rate last year down to 5.2%. I know he did battle some injuries, but the combination of that, like little lack of power. And the fact that I just don't think the batting average, you know, with his, uh, you know, I don't think the batting average is going to be there. I mean, the projections have him kind of mid, two forties. I'm just not quite prepared to go there at this point in time in the draft, um, for a profile like that. When like you know, you have Robbie Grossman growing a little bit later, who has a pretty similar, you know, profile, if not like maybe a little bit more speed, even potentially a little bit more power. So it interests me and I could see him taking that next step and, and, and being big. Um, so Grisham is a little bit interesting. Taylor, I, I'm not really interested in at all. You know, he's had a couple of short periods of time, like you know a few months or a half season where he's really looked great. And then he's looked awful since then. I just think he's a little bit of a batting average liability. He's getting older. He does play all over the diamond, but I'm just not anticipating like anything particularly special from him. And I think the downside is pretty considerable. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel. Um, I have not been in on Lordis, although I know there's a lot of smart people who are interested in him. Um, and he was really good towards the end of last season. We've seen that he can put together some incredibly hot stretches. You know, batting average being there, but the speed isn't necessarily there. So I haven't really been going down that path. Akil Badu, I just have no interest in whatsoever. Talk about platoon splits. He's god awful against lefties, and he's no longer a Rule Five pick, and so they don't have the same type of pressure to keep him up. Not even necessarily in the major leagues, but uh, just in the lineup. And if he doesn't perform, I'm not exactly sure you know, that he stays in the lineup since Detroit is really trying to turn that corner um, and become a contender. And besides, if we have 18 teams in the playoffs this year, then the Tigers might just make it. Um, And then last, Austin Meadows. (sighs) Meadows is a tough one because he's always there. He always seems to be like hanging out there waiting to be drafted, but the batting average is a bit of a concern with the batted ball profile, just, you know, really low ground ball rate. You know, the home runs have been nice. The speed, it hasn't necessarily been there anymore though. So like the combination of that just makes it a lot less appetizing of a profile. And he just hasn't seemed like the same guy since he got COVID in that shortened season. So I haven't really been in on him either. So again, I, I do dislike most of the guys. I have a total of zero shares of these five, I think on all my teams.
1: Yeah. It seems to be a trend here. Toby it seems to be a trend. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, for me, uh, Grisham's an intriguing one for me because you mentioned there shouldn't be a platoon split because he, he hits lefties quite well, better than he does righties. Played in 132 games last year, 15 homers, 13 steals. But like you also mentioned, there was more of a platoon situation last year. Their team was better, which they shouldn't be this year. He walks a ton, great OBP skills. Um, he's intriguing to me, to say the least. Very, very intriguing to me. If he can get back to like 140-plus games, I, I'm, I'm very in on him. But he's one of those guys, if I'm kind of short on steals early in my draft, he's a guy I like to target, uh, or, like, or I'll look harder at at that point in my roster construction. Otherwise, if I'm pretty good on steals, I'd probably pass. I'll get another pitcher or something at that point in the draft. But if I know I need steals, he's one of those guys I don't mind checking the box on because if he does play enough, you can yeah, get 15-plus steals out of him, and he should score a ton of runs if he does hit atop that lineup. So I think Grisham is quite intriguing in that uh, that kind of roster situation. Chris Taylor, I was all about him early in D.C. season, but the more I look into him, the more I – looking to other players in general, it was like I was kind of going, oh, he's got so much multi-position eligibility. This is great. If he hasn't played he's like a bunch of games, he's really not that great. He really isn't. He's got to play as 140, 150-plus games, or he's just not going to be there And with the Dodgers. That's in question. Like Right now, if uh, as their team is, he probably plays a ton. But A, we know the Dodgers will spend money. And B, he's got to stay healthy, too, not just the platoon situation. So it's a tough pick. It's very, very tough a guy that I have a couple early shares of and nothing since then. Uh, Lourdes is one of my favorites. I absolutely love Lourdes Guerrero. I drafted him today, actually. I've drafted him many times. Um, I love the batting average as the draft goes on. I love the power. I love the idea that he could hit like fourth or fifth in that lineup this year because um, Springer probably goes towards leadoff potentially, opening up some spots in that middle of that order, no Simeon and stuff. So I think he could take another step up. The dude is a legit powerhouse, and he actually hit better, I believe, at uh, the Rogers Center than he did. Like you said, he finished the year so strong. So I love Lourdes. Yes, he's not going to steal bases. Like, you just got to get that one through there, but 25-plus home runs, um, great average runs, RBIs. Like, he's a great four-category contributor for you. So I love Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Austin Meadows and Keel Badu. Badu, I like him more than you do, but I'm not, like, forcing myself to draft him at all. It's like, if you want to take a risk, I think he's got a pretty good ceiling if he can figure it out because he's still so young, but uh, there's a lot of big, big floor as Toby mentioned, lots of things that can go wrong there too. So I'm not super in love and Austin Meadows, zero shares. And you can ask Paul Sporer, what I really think about him. So I've let Paul Sporer know a few times about what I think about Austin Meadows, because it wasn't just injuries. He was platooned in the second half of the season. So the Rays don't think so highly of him either, at least not the way he was playing last year. That could change. He was obviously a stud player at some time and maybe he gets healthy and gets going, but the Rays always have a ton of options. Like what if a uh, Bruhan comes up and starts playing well, or they want a platoon medals and Manny Margot? Um, these are things they can do to make life really, really fun. So no medals guess, for me.
2: Guess what a Killbud Dew's um uh WRC plus was against lefties? Oh, he's horrible.
1: Um let me guess 37. 47. His <laughs> OPS was
2: 523. You know, it's bad,
1: it's real bad. Yeah. Well, because like the thing is, he'd still play every day, but it was one of those he'd bat like eighth or ninth versus lefties most of the time, and he'd lead off versus righties. That was the mm-hmm. when you doing DFS, you watched it all the time. It was like, oh, they got four righties this week. Sweet, he's he is a good guy for NFC. I will say that much. Like if for schedules, if you can play the right-handed game, he's gonna hit towards the top of the order. He hits them decently, and he gets on base, and you see runs. Like, but do you want to have to do that shuffling all the time, especially with the pitch potentially your, as with- high? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, the, that's, the, that's like, the question. At that point in the draft, you should be drafting starters still, not platoon guys in your lineup. So that's the problem. Like That's why I said I could see the ceiling. Maybe he learns how to hit lefties at, like, let's say, an 85 WRC plus, like a 700 OPS. Still not great, but that at least makes him formidable. Then it becomes a little more interesting. But, yeah, it's one of those I'd rather just pass and let someone else take that gamble type situation. All right, 41 through 45. Alex Verdugo, again, same ADP as Austin Meadows. Uh, We got Hunter Renfro, Avicel Garcia, your boy, Eddie Rosario, and Dylan Carlson. So what are we liking in this range?
2: Yeah, so Verdugo, I just don't understand necessarily. Um, Like Verdugo has 33 home runs in in more than 1,300 plate appearances and 14 steals over the same period of time. Like, why would you get Verdugo here and instead of Gene Segura, you know, a few rounds later, right? I mean, there's probably so many guys if we were to just go through a list. Like, maybe I'll make the, like, Alex Verdugo list of, like, all these outfielders <laughs> we're going to go through that I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'd much rather have him. Much rather have him. It's just not necessarily a special profile, and I understand that people get him because – they need like really strong batting average, but honestly, like I would much rather have Michael Brantley just straight up than I would Alex Verdugo. He's likely to have a higher batting average. He's likely to hit for more home runs. And yeah, I mean, it just doesn't, it, it just doesn't make necessarily any sense to me um, at all. Uh, Hunter Renfro. I like a lot. I have not gotten him, but it's more about the profile than it is anything else. I mean, Renfro, was, I mean, he was phenomenal last year. I mean, he's a guy who could lead the league in home runs for sure. Um, so last year he hit 31. He had 57 barrels, a 14.4% barrel rate. He's going to be playing every day. He's a former gold glove outfielder. So theoretically, he's going to play pretty good defense. He managed to cut his K rate last year, um, uh, increase the contact rate significantly. I mean, significantly, significantly. So like maybe there's a little bit of gig give back, but I really like him a lot. I just haven't found myself getting him because you know he's probably not going to contribute a ton in batting average. Though I think he could surprise some folks. Um, he's not really contributing in anything in, in steals, and so really it's kind of that power that you're paying for. And they're you know Jorge Soler is going later, Adam Duvall is going later, you know, and they're not identical necessarily. I, I definitely trust Renfro a lot more than that, but um, just not quite as good. Avi Garcia is a guy that I, I actually love. Um, I think, you know, full-time plate appearances, he's a high batting average guy. Um, he steals bases, you know, he had eight stolen bases, I think last year, or at least he's projected for that this year. He's got the pop. Um, I really like him and I've found myself, um, getting him, um, in a lot of different places. um, you know, he's kind of a guy that's been showing up on a lot of my teams, my teams recently. Um, Eddie Rosario. Everybody knows I love Eddie. You know, the, the challenge is like knowing exactly what the situation is going to be. The fact that we have the universal DH pretty much agreed upon um, is pretty strong. You know, I think it's a gives him a pretty strong thumbs up. I think if he's going to get playing time. You know, maybe there's a slight platoon Concern there, but you're talking about a batting average guy, a home run guy, a little speed guy, potential for double digits, more likely kind of in the eight range, but I uh, really like him a lot. And he's obviously a guy that's going to shoot up into the 125 to 130 range. Um, It went once he signs with the team. Dylan Carlson is just kind of like a he's kind of blah, like he doesn't really do anything. Um, I, I think I was decently into him last year before he really shot up the board, but there's nothing there's nothing like overly compelling about the profile. You know, it's solid in terms of contact and O swing, but even with the super high Babip, he only put together a 266 batting average. The home run per fly ball rate has been steadily very low, you know, at twelve point two percent. The barrel rate is not overwhelming at twenty-eight, you know, seven percent last year. So, you know, even in that, like maybe he got a little unlucky, but it's pretty much in line with where he should have been. Uh, I I just don't see anything and he's not stealing like he did in the minors, which I think was the big thing for him. So, you know, of those groups, for sure, Avi Garcia and and Eddie Rosario are my favorites Um, there. I think they're really nice contributors kind of across the board and pretty similar, honestly, like if we knew where, where Eddie Rosario was going to end up there. They, I, I would assume if they both got 600 plate appearances, you'd see a pretty similar line between the two of them and very similar approaches, honestly, too. Like they both swing at every pitch thrown at them. And for that reason, like a lot of people will fade him because they're like, ah, the contact rate's not great. Swinging strike rate isn't great. But when you're on that end of the extreme, you just swing at so many pitches, you swing and miss at Two of them in the same at bat. You still got that third one to mash.
1: Yep. No doubt about it. I'm with you on Verdugo. Verdugo Verdugo's interesting because I think it's still some of that uh, Dodger prospect pedigree people love hitting towards the top of the Boston order. He's got really good OBP skills. He has lefties fine, so platoon shouldn't be an issue. Still a lot of questions. I'm with you. It's like his overall production, you threw it out, 1,300 at-bats, and what what have we seen? Like Really, not a lot, but maybe I think people are hoping that we get it this year, so you're trying to get ahead of the curve. It's a lot of hoping, but uh, that's that's what I I get out of listening to other people, but I'm with you. I'm not... Not grabbing many Verdugo shares. Like OBP, I look a little more at him, but I still don't, like, rush to do it type thing. It just makes a little more sense. Uh, I love Hunter Renfro, as you mentioned. Uh, You know, decent average, tons of power, doesn't steal. For me, I take Lordis over Hunter. That's kind of where I'm at just because I like the batting average upside. Might sacrifice a couple homers, but I think there's a lot of similarities in their overall production by the end of the season. We'll see, but Hunter's very good. I have no problem with Hunter Renfro. And then playing for Milwaukee will be tremendous. So that'll be a great spot for him as well. Uh, Avi, I'm with you. I think I actually drafted Avi today as well because he's a decent OBP guy. But what he does, which I like so much because I needed steals, is he will run for a big man. Not a ton, but he runs enough. Like He, gets, he can hand you 8, 9, maybe get you 10 stolen bases, which would be absolutely tremendous. He had... Eight last year projections. The Badex has him for 10 and 22 homers, at 268 average. That's playing in Miami this upcoming season. You know, 29 bombs last year at 20 in 2019, 19, 18. So, you know, you're going to get a good amount of power, decent bagging average, and the ability to steal some bags, which I love about uh, Aviso Garcia. And, you know, Miami will run. That's what they'll do. So, he went to a good team if you're looking for stolen bases. So, I'm with you. I like Avi quite a bit. I think he's a really, really good spot here. Hopefully, like your outfielder four potentially. Unless you really, really wait on the outfield position, but I think he's a very, very good one to, to kind of snag. I agree on the Eddie Rosario love, he's an absolute beast. Still confused on how it didn't work out for him in Cleveland. Like that's just a great ballpark for him to hit in. Just didn't click, but he goes to Atlanta and crushes. Like you said, wherever he signs, he's gonna he's gonna be one of those guys that balloons up the ADP board. Just like there's that gonna be a handful of guys. He will be one of them because with between the DH and just teams needing outfielders. Most teams that sign him are going to use him regularly. So I, I like Eddie Rosario a lot. If you want to take the value now, um, got a guy with a little bit of speed, got some power, like you mentioned, similarities to Avi for sure. And then Dylan Carlson's a tough one for me because I, even before last season, I dug in on him a lot. Like the production, not great this past year. Not going to deny that at all. Still super young, 23 years old. Uh, he still had 18 homers last year, which, which was good, 266 average um he just doesn't run you know there was hopes he would run because in 2019 he's still 20 total bases in the minors uh you know 8 10 prior to that he just didn't run at all last year which is kind of strange because like Tommy Edmond ran a ton so why was Carlson not running if that switched he'd be tremendous I just don't know if it's going to switch like because even even Goldschmidt ran last year so it's really confusing with the Cardinals why did Carlson not run when these other guys ran and so a lot of it might have been because he's sitting down in the order to start the season. So that kind of could have prevented him from running. That would change with the DH. That's one thing to look at. But he could also move up in the order. We've talked about, you know, Harrison Bader maybe moving up, like Bader ran or Neil ran. More guys that keep thinking are running on Cardinals except Dylan Carlson. So maybe he was hurt. I don't know. He's one of those guys I'm willing to take a chance on if you really, really need stolen bases. But uh, that's only if you're like really, really desperate. Again, not a, a must play. And Rudy Gamble said it best. He tweeted it out. I think it was on Monday. He said he's making adjustments to the Rasball draft, whatever, like simulator thing. That the second you draft Kyle Tucker, you're not allowed to draft Dylan Carlson. So it was, it was a pretty funny joke because people like to compare the two, which is because huh. Carlson had that that minor league profile. We just haven't seen in the bigs yet where Tucker we've seen. We know what we're getting. So I think that's why people still like Carlson. I get it with Carlson. Verdugo, I don't get it all. Carlson, I get if you still believe in what you saw in 2019, still, if he, if he gives you what he got last year, it's not horrible, but not what you're looking for. So pretty tough for me. All right. We have 46 through 50. This is a, a couple of guys I like here. Ben Intendi's 46. Robbie Grossman's 47. Alex Kirloff, 48. Adelise Garcia, 49. Ian Happ, 50. You like any of these guys?
2: I do. Yeah. Um, I like Ben Intendi. Uh, you got a nice little, you know, he doesn't like wow you in anything, but solid in batting average, solid in home runs, solid in steals and, you know, really improved as the year progressed. Robbie Grossman. I like, I've got him on a few teams. The batting average is a little bit of a concern, but kind of of this group of players, like even from starting like pretty much with Badu, you know, all the way through, he's kind of the guy that probably has the highest, um, uh, uh, ceiling when it comes to steals. So like if you're down in steals and maybe you have a little bit of average to give up, you know, Robbie Grossman, can be a really nice fit. You know, the Tigers lineup should be better. You know, he's a great OBP guy. He should hit at the top of that lineup. He's a switch hitter. He should be in there. So I always like Grossman, um, Kirloff. I haven't really been getting much of Kirloff. I do like him a lot, but he's had kind of these consistent, uh, wrist injuries. I think this is the like Last year was the second consecutive year he's had a pretty significant wrist injury. Um, He looked really good when he was when he was playing, Um, but I just haven't I haven't really gone after him. Not a lot of speed there, and I'm often attacking kind of batting average and speed here. Adolis Garcia, I haven't gone after either. Um, You know, the power and speed are pretty nice, and actually the projections still like him a decent amount because he's got that power speed. But I just think you know after that hot start, he was so bad, and if he continues like that. I don't think that they have a ton of reason to keep him in the lineup. I think he falls under that like d- that Jeff Zimmerman like OPS of 700 line where if you fall under that you're in pretty grave jeopardy of um of not playing anymore. The Mile uh, Straw. Then,
1: line.
2: Yeah, the Miles <laughs> straw <line>. Uh <laughs> yeah, we won't go we won't go down the Mile <laughs> Straw straw train of thought.
1: Had um, to do it for you Johnny O.
2: Yeah. And, uh, Ian Happ, I like as well, um, really turned it on towards the end of last year. Um, you know, the speed is, is it hasn't been there all the time, but there's a decent amount of it. You know, the pop is there. The batting average is the obvious concern, you know, and when you look at the projections, that's the area where he's hurting a little bit, but in that, in that Cubs lineup, he should have a pretty prominent place there. So I like him too, especially if you're down in power a little bit here and, you know, maybe, um, maybe have a little bit of average to give.
1: I'm with you. I like this range a lot, especially if you waited on outfielders. I almost try to reach and get a couple guys from this little group here because you get you get a little bit of all five categories with most of these guys, which is huge for the way we like to build rosters, of kind of making sure all your guys contribute for the most part if you can. Not all of them do. Like you mentioned Kirov. I still like Kirov quite a bit. He got hit by a pitch. Like that's just like – still, it's a wrist injury. I'm not going to deny that at all. It sucks. But like we saw Matt Olson come back and crush last year – Kirloff's young i'm a backfire because it is a wrist injury we've seen it fail way more than it's been great but even before he got hurt his contact skills were insane like he was just mashing like he took him like a little bit from coming from the minors like slow slow And then once he got comfortable if he looked like he was about to have a really big season let's put it that way and then he got hit by by on the wrist so to me you're getting him at a discount it could be the injury discount and it could backfire it could not be a discount so it's kind of where do you want to take your risk? I like him quite a bit. Um, I, I and I like he's first base outfit eligible. So it's one of those if you kind of waited on first base. Also, it's a nice little give and take with Alex Kirilov. So I like him quite a bit. Back to the guys before him, Benintendi. I have a lot of shares of. I love Benintendi. Like you mentioned, all five categories. I think people are just kind of like over him because he was this big Red Sox guy, didn't produce at all, and he got traded. But then we saw seventeen homers, eight uh, eight stolen bases. He had three straight double digit steals and in, in homer seasons with Boston. He had 276 last year. Like he's hit for an average and power, like a decent power and stolen bases in each of the last four full seasons. Like they haven't been like lights out great, but they've been pretty darn serviceable if you really look at it. And there's no reason why he shouldn't do it again this year. He's gonna play basically every day for the Royals, a team that we've talked about before as like a decent fantasy lineup. Like the, they might not win a ton of games, but they got some assets in that lineup. So Benny should be really good and. I'm honestly surprised he's still sitting at this point in the draft because I I figured by now enough people would have realized he's actually pretty valuable, but uh, maybe some don't think so. Robbie Grossman I'm on board with. him. He's similar to Benny. He had that big, big year last year, of course, the 2020-type deal. Do I expect some regression? Yes, but he still needs to be very good. They're going to let him run in Detroit. He's going to hit towards the top of the order. They gave him a big deal. They're going to play him. Like They might not play Badoo to let Riley Green come up, but they'll keep playing Robbie Grossman. There's no doubt about that. So – like uh, Grossman and Badu should be switched in ADP, if anything. Um, so I like Grossman quite a bit. I have a lot of Benny, a lot of Grossman. I have zero Adelise Garcia. I have no desire to take Adelise Garcia. I have not even put him in a queue in a draft. Like he's literally, if I could eliminate players from the draft pool on NFC, he would not be in the draft pool. I want nothing to do with Adelise Garcia. If he somehow figures it out, I'll tip my cap. And I'm with the on Ian Happ. Like there's a lot of swing and miss. People talk about, you know, the Jazz Chisholm, the Javi biases. half has got a lot of that. But he's also got some interesting walk skills, too. Like, he's a weird dude. A lot of swing and miss, but then he'll walk some, his fair share. Tons of power. He mentioned the speed's not there all the time like we thought it would be. But he's going to be hitting in the middle of that Cubs lineup. And that's a team that's got nowhere else to go, so they're going to play him if they don't trade him. So I'm with you on Hap. So this is a really good group. Like I prefer Benny and Grossman, like Kirilov, like Hap. No Adelise for me. But uh, I have a lot of shares of uh, of this group right here. So I'm, I'm a big, big fan of him. All right, 51 to 55. We have Marcelo Zuna, Joey Gallo, Seiya Suzuki, Michael Conforto, and Nick Pollock's favorite, Jorge Soler. So, what are you seeing in this grouping?
2: I mean, Ozuna's fine. I haven't, I, he's not on my board. I'm not drafting him. Um, Gallo, if you're in an overall competition, like, you know, it's really hard to take that batting average. And certainly, like, he could improve on last year. The batting average was incredibly low. So he's probably going to be better than that. But it's still just really hard to take. And it's kind of like, you know, why not just grab Miguel Sano going however much later if you want that type of a profile? Because, you know, the power is going to be relatively similar per plate appearance. And, you know, you have the same type of just general profile uh, that you're getting. So not really interested in Gallo. Suzuki I haven't gone after. You know, he obviously hasn't join, uh, major league baseball yet. Um, I don't know where he's playing. I don't know how good he is. And so generally like my, I generally, and again, I miss out on a lot of talent because of this, but I also don't go after, get like huge busts because, um, I'm not, uh, not really going after guys that I just, I, I'm not really sure how good they're going to be. Comforto, you know, we've talked about him before. I mean, he's obviously following, so following, so he's a little bit, Um, more interesting but outside of that shortened 2020 season when everything was going right for him he just hasn't been that spectacular you know it's like 232 257 243 279 220 you know like 33 home runs are his most he's never had 100 runs or rbi um he's solid enough and if he ends up in the right space place then you know potentially there's some interest there but he's also going to shoot up leaderboards like if he signs for the Rockies or, or something like that if he signs for the Phillies so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Conforto I don't hate him where he's going but he just hasn't really been on my board because I'm not really looking for that profile you know at this point in the draft I just still still think at this point in the draft there's just so many bats that look very similar including like Jorge Soler I'd much rather have Soler if you look at the underlying metrics for Soler he got really unlucky in the first half um, I think when we did our podcast and we talked about guys, we expected to mm-hmm. have second half surges. We talked about Soler because everything looked really good. The O swing is solid. The contact was up. The ground ball rate was pretty, was lower. And so it was just a matter of him kind of get falling into that luck and the barrels to home runs was totally off base. And so he's just a guy who, again, could lead the league in home runs and actually be really like have a decent batting average, I think because of the profile that he has, um, Especially if he ends up in the right place, so I like layer a lot. Especially if you're chasing power at this point in the draft, which I often am. So, um, is that the last guy in that group? Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting group. I, I don't have a ton of shares either. Like Ozuna, I get the arguments for and against. I get it. I don't want to get into the pluck, the, the off the field stuff here, but I, I get it. If he signs somewhere, the actually the Braves will still have him, so he's gonna play. He can hit. I get it. Uh, Joey Gallo zero shares. I'm just passing on that. You pretty much said everything that needs to be said there. So, yeah, Suzuki has been interesting to me. And maybe it's just me, like, believing too much, but there's been some good articles that have come out recently talking about him from some very smart people that, like, watch that stuff. And, yes, a lot of it we've seen not translate from Japan to the bigs. That's that's the kind of the tough part here. So, like, I'm not all in on him, but where he's fallen or in different formats, I've kind of taken my chances with Suzuki the dude that's like 26 plus home runs in like five or six straight seasons he's at over 300 pretty much every season he's just an all-around like five tool baller in japan like really really good so if, say he comes over and hits 275 with 20 and 12 or something it's pretty good for right here that's kind of like i'm thinking like the floor should be decent hopefully a good ceiling um they're talking boston which would be great giants seattle um those are some fun spots for him so uh, it's risky. Like you said, there's not a team. Like even today after the lockout news and the cancellation of games, he reported and said, I still plan on signing with MLB. So like he's just waiting because I think he already had to tell Japan yes or no because they're ramping up. So he's just waiting now until MLB gets their stuff together, like the rest of us. So I, I think he's a, he's a fun gamble. I really do. I think he's got a ton of upside there. Uh, Conforto, I have no desire to take. Like you said, he had that one big season. It's just been a lot of question marks since then. So I'm not really there. Plus he's a free agent. So maybe he goes to Colorado. He's a little more intriguing. That's an option. I've heard that as a, w- a weird rumor. But what if he goes to like Pittsburgh? Like I'm not saying he would because they had to they'd have to spend money for that, but just throwing out a random idea. Like, what if he goes to Pittsburgh? Then you're just like, Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> don't don't need to deal with that. So that's like Cleveland would make sense, and that'd be kind of kind of interesting, but not a bunch. So we'll see with Conforto. I love the Soler take like you said. We talked about it. Um you know, we always we like to talk about guys that are like the X stats look great over like a couple of weeks. These guys just are underperforming. Some people think it's crazy, but you can kind of pick up on things like you use your rolling graphs uh, for a similar reason. And Solaire just popped everywhere. It wasn't just like one or two little things where you try to see. It was just like his hard contact rate, his barrel rates, but then his X stats. And he was just on the top of everything you looked at basically. So it was like you knew something had to click eventually. He gets traded. Like he actually started hitting with the Royals before he got traded. Then he got traded and just went bonkers with Atlanta. So I'm with you. He's a fun one as well. No steals, really. not So you got to keep that in mind, but tons and tons of power. So interesting range. Not all in on this range. Have a little bit of Suzuki and not really much else in this range at all. 56 through 60, AJ Pollock, Harrison Bader, Enrique Hernandez, Josh Rojas, Ramon Laureano, if you waited on stolen bases, Toby, you have some right here in this group. Like almost all of these guys will steal bases for you.
2: Yeah, I like AJ Pollock a decent amount. I mean, the concern with him is, you know, um, like at least roster resource has him batting, I think eighth, you know, in the current, current iteration of the Dodgers lineup. But he's been a really good hitter the last two years when he's been healthy, when he's been healthy being the key. But um, he can steal some bases. The batting average is decent and the power has really been there the last two years. So, I like Pollock a lot, and I've got him on a, a number of my teams. Uh, Bader, I'm not really interested in Bader. Um, my concern with Bader is, you know, he had that really strong stretch towards the end of last season. But if you look at the underlying metrics, there weren't really any changes. Um, I'm working off my memory here, so maybe I'm wrong, but it was really Babip and home run per fly ball rate driven. And so, it didn't really seem like it was a sustainable change that he had made, but just was kind of like a really good run of luck that he was going through and the batting average floor is pretty low. Um, again, he's going later on. So if you want a little bit of that power speed combo, then, you know, maybe that's, um, maybe that's a direction that you want to go in. But for me, um, you know, I haven't really been interested because I just think that there are better players like that have a pretty similar profile. Um, and then, um, let me just get back to our list. Sorry, Kike uh, Hernandez. I like him a lot. Um, you know, I don't have him because I'm generally not looking for that type of profile. But really solid. Whether or not he'll continue to hit leadoff in the Red Sox is is kind of a key to his value for sure. But he did a good job there last year, and he's overall solid. Really solid approach. You know, doesn't swing at a lot of pitches outside the zone. He's kind of a decent, um, a decent. Uh, uh, OBP guy there. So if he does that, you know, a lot of runs that he can score and some of that pop, not really any speed, but, um, you know, we can't all be perfect. Uh, Josh Rojas, not super interested. I mean, I've heard some really compelling cases for why, you know, he could be, um, a lot better, but the problem for Josh Rojas for me, if my memory serves me correctly, is he's kind of like Kevin Biggio. Um, who I like to mention on every show, his max exit velocity, Brian
1: Slack, to take a drink,
2: is is one hundred four point six miles per hour. Three hundred fifty five batted ball events. His max EV is one hundred four point six. He had seventeen barrels last year, four point eight percent barrel percentage for those eleven home runs. He hasn't really stolen much either. I mean, fourteen steals in seven hundred seventy seven plate appearances. I just can't really get behind it. I just don't think he is as good as maybe some people expect him to be. And I'm not sure he's got the skills to kind of take the jump to the next level. Um, Even that 264 batting average was with a 345 Babbitt. So just something to be thinking about when it comes to uh, Josh Rojas. L'Oreano, I haven't drafted at all. I probably should, you know, especially, but I'm also in a DC where I'm really looking to generate those, Plate appearances, so maybe in a fab league, you take a stab at Loriano. He's going to miss a month of the season. Obviously, that's more a chunk of the season now um, than it was earlier today. Um, So something to factor in, but certainly going at a a nice little cost per plate appearance, if you will, um, where he is in the draft right now. I haven't really gotten him, but he's got that same profile that a lot of the guys that I like have.
1: It's the fun range. Pollock, I like a lot, like you mentioned, if he plays and he could be a huge benefactor of the DH because the Dodgers will use it to give guys days off. And in uh, the 60-game season, Pollock and Turner got the most use out of it, which makes a ton of sense. And Pollock had a big season that year. So you give him those random days of just DH-ing and not running around out there and getting hurt, he will give you a few bags. He's got power. He'll, he'll help in all five categories, which is beautiful. So I don't mind Pollock at all. Harrison Bader, I'm a little more in on than you. I understand everything you said. I get it. He's got double digit steel upside, double digit power upside. I think we've seen we haven't seen the potential ceiling from him just because he's always hitting at the bottom of the order. There's always like little things with Harrison Bader where there's been little kind of uh, nuggets thrown out there from different beat writers from St. Louis that if Edmund kind of struggles again, we could see Bader get chances up top, which would change his fantasy value tremendously. And that, so it's a pure speculation draft wise. But to me, when you're drafting DC teams and he's your eighth outfielder or something, that's a pure speculation pick, like let's, or your sixth outfielder or whatever. I, I, I'll i take the speculation type thing. I think it's an even better pick potentially, like right now, as the season lingers on. Cause if it doesn't work out, you drop him, you go and get someone else. Cause Bader's a regular wire guy more often than not. So I, I'm kind of in on him for a guy that if he were to lead off and potentially take, like keep improving to where he left off we could see like a 15 to 20 homer guy with 15 to 20 steals. I think that'd be pretty solid stuff. So I think Bader's interesting. Uh, Enrique Hernandez, I liked it doesn't run at all. I was really shocked. Like the more I looked at him earlier, it just does not run. I always thought in my head, like, you know, he runs. No, he does. He just doesn't run, but good power gets on base scores runs. If you want that. I like Josh Rojas still the, the over and all numbers are struggling, but you know, go ask Alex Chamberlain. There's something there with Rojas and he's got tons of flexibility positional wise. Uh, he's going to keep playing every day. Uh, so if you want to take the chance, you can. If you don't, I like, get it. I have like a couple shares. I'm like all in. I'd rather have Pollock or Bader. Loreano's the tough one, and you nailed it. Like I look at him in every draft room, and I'm like, oh, he's so good. He is. He got hurt again. It's those, it's those. what is it, 25 games, 30 games he's missing to start the season whenever it starts. It's not like prorated based on when the season starts. And that's why if it was 162, you're like, yeah, okay, he misses April, no biggie. But now it's like, okay, now he's going to miss a fifth of the season, a fourth of the season? Like, what are we talking here? And that starts to change the ADP in a big, big way because the talent's, yeah, it's awesome. But uh, I have no shares so far. And I, I, it's tough because he legit has 15-15, maybe even 20-20 if he were to run hot upside. He's that good. So... That's a tough one. Like you said, the point, like points per draft pick or whatever you, term you used, it's tremendous with him. It's just we need to start the season. Start it now, and we'll be okay. The longer it progresses the wrong way, he hurt. He gets hurt pretty big on this one. Sixty one to sixty five. Jesus Sanchez, Joe Adele, Charlie Blackman, Austin Hayes, Adam Duvall.
2: Yeah, interesting grouping. Jesus Sanchez, I know there's some really smart people, including James Anderson, who are really into Sanchez. I just haven't been able to get there. Like I look at the bad X projection and the batting average isn't that great. You know, it's got him for 20 home runs and 540 plate appearances. You know, the um, steamer has him for 24, which would be nice. So if he hits 30 home runs, you know, obviously that's great. But the batting average probably shouldn't be that good. Um, you know, the, the counting stats, I'm not sure they'll necessarily be there on the Marlins team, depending on where he hits. And he also tends to hit like a ton of ground balls. Um, you know, if you look throughout his minor league career, like the ground ball rate, the lowest it was, was 43.5 back in 2016, you know, but it's in like the mid, the mid forties, you know, so um, I just don't necessarily see the ceiling and I feel like, you know, there are some guys going later on, um, again, still like I'd rather take a chance on, for instance, like a Bobby Dahlbeck or somebody like that, where, um, there's just, you know, some really super nice power, um, in this spot, uh, even Duvall, you know, Adam Duvall, who's going a little bit later than Sanchez. I mean, he's, he's already shown the pop and the RBI potential, in the right spot and, you know, on the Braves, So, um, so Sanchez, I'm not really interested, but there's a lot of smart people that like him, Joe Adele. I don't really have any interest at all. Um, in him, um, Charlie Blackman, uh, I think he's really interesting. Like there's a group of folks that includes, uh, Michael Brantley. That's kind of, they were batting average late. If you're, if that's what you're down on. And I think there's some, you know, um, he got unlucky last year, again, if my memory serves me correctly, on his barrels per home run. you know, In cores, he had a lower BABIP than he usually does. He was struggling with some injuries. He should play every day. He's got that monster contract. He should be able to DH, keep him fresh. The batting average should at least be there. And if he plays 600-plus plate appearances uh, with the Rockies, I think the counting stats will be there um, enough as well. So uh, I've been drafting him a little bit recently. Austin Hayes I haven't really gone for. Um, I think the challenge with Hayes is like the power is not really um, all that special. The projections like him to steal a little bit more than maybe he has, you know, so far um, in his career Um, and the batting average, like hasn't been uh, been that good either. So, you know, but maybe there's a little something there. I don't know um, on Hayes, Um, but I have not been going for him. And then, um, Adam Duvall, I did draft Adam Duvall. I felt really bad about it. Like I felt (laughs) disgusting after I drafted him. I was like, I cannot believe I just did that. What just happened? This is crazy. Uh, but I drafted him and I don't mind it. You know, we're kind of where he's going. He's got elite power. Um, he's on the Braves. Uh, he should play every day with that DH there. And he's a good defensive outfielder as well. Um, so why not? Why not?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it, this is an interesting grouping. Um Sanchez, I don't mind, but I, I'm with you. There's the batting average just doesn't look appealing at all. The the power is awesome. I love the power, but um that batting average looks gonna hurt quite a bit. So maybe he takes the next step and improves. Probably won't be doing it on my team at all, honestly. And people probably go, then why are you liking this guy? I like Joe Adele quite a bit. I think there's a lot to like there. It's a guy that's still super young, one of the top prospects in their system. He's 22 years old. Um, he's just kind of gotten his feet wet a couple of times the last two years in the bigs. In the minor leagues, he destroyed it last year. And we finished the season on a really good note with the Angels. Eight hits in his last, uh, or eight straight, eight game hitting streak, three home runs over that stretch, a triple, some extra base hits. Started getting comfortable. He only played 35 games with the Angels. So. He started to get going towards the end of the season, and I think there is a lot to like there. It's a crowded outfield. You got Marsh, you got Trout coming back for now. Uh, Otani should just DH hopefully, but uh, there's 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 guys there that, that could be in the way. But I like uh, I like Adele at his value. He's one of those guys that last year was going like we talked about clinic last week. Adele was going super high, super super high. He's got that ability to hit twenty plus home runs and give you eight to ten bags, maybe more. In a, what should be a good lineup, if Rendon can stay healthy, Trout, Otani, Walsh, uh, there's often Fletcher will on base for guys to drive in. Marsh isn't that bad. It, it's going to be a pretty good offense if everybody can stay healthy. So I, I do like Adele quite a bit. Uh, Blackman has grown on me. For people have listened to the show long enough, they know how much I would never draft Charlie Blackman. But now um, his price his price is right. It, it is. He's only 35 years old this year. He yeah, had the power decrease the last couple of years. It's not going to be the 30 home run guy, but... 15 runs hot, gets you 20. That'd be pretty awesome. The runs in the RBI should still be good, even on a bad Rockies team. Playing on that ballpark will be tremendous. And as you mentioned, with like Michael Brantley, Blackman is a really, really solid bag and average guy. Like, if you have an OBP league, I love Charlie Blackman. I think he's phenomenal in OBP leagues. Um, but uh, for average, he's like where you're getting them, he's the 60, 68th outfielder off the board at an ADP of uh, 240, basically. Like, that is pretty darn good to get a guy that can hit you 270, 280-plus. Like, you don't have a whole lot of those guys the farther you keep going down that draft board. So I'm starting to like Blackman more and more. I think there's a lot to like there. Not going to steal your bags. Power going a little decreased. But runs RBIs will be there. If he somehow gets a little hot in power, that's great. That batting average will be tremendous with Charlie Blackman. Austin Hayes, zero shares of as well. And then Adam Duval is just – he's a tough one for me. Like you mentioned, the power is awesome. It's always been awesome. It's almost been more, can he play enough? And he actually got to play 146 games last year, hit 38 homers, which was great. And he drove in 113 RBIs. But more often than not, he doesn't play on the only hit 228. The average will always be a detriment with Adam Duvall. I I agree with what you said. If you like the profile, take Duvall over Sanchez. I 100% agree with that. But it's just a profile I kind of try to avoid in general. If I can, like, I don't mind bad batting average guys, but I don't want, like, really bad average guys if that makes sense like I'll, I'll take my 240 guys a few of them try to avoid the 220 guys if possible so that's where he he makes it a little tricky because i just i don't see that ever really improving i think we're kind of past that in new career unless like some miracle happens during this this lockout i just don't know how rob d in the house what's up big guy we'll see you next week um 66 through 70 lane thomas tommy fam garrett Hampson. Ramel Tapia, Andrew Vaughn.
2: Yeah, um, with Lane Thomas, um, he is he's kind of fine for me. A uh, little bit of power, a little bit of speed, potentially hitting at the top of that, um, that Nats order. I think that's the key piece for him. A little bit of a concern around the batting average. Um, I oftentimes don't find myself grabbing Lane Thomas only because of the next guy, um, Tommy Pham. You know, uh, Tommy Fam. like as of last last season, I feel like he was going in the top 100 picks or around like pick 105. Obviously battled some injuries, but still put together like a, what was he? Close to 15 and 15, if not like a little bit better than that. Um, Last year, you know, still makes a lot of contact. The skills really haven't been slipping. Um, The batting average floor is pretty pretty high. And I think the ceiling is um, really nice as well. And I still think if he can stay healthy, which is a huge if, I mean, he's still a 2020 guy and he's a free agent. Hopefully he'll sign somewhere where he's going to play, um, all the time. And when he does that, um, I anticipate that he's going to be successful and he's a guy that I've really been getting a lot of, uh, late. I also like Garrett Hampson. I know people give him, um, uh, give him a lot of flack just because he's Garrett Hampson, but you know, if they run him out, he is going to steal bases. I mean, he was 13 and 17 last year, I believe. Um, if he just recreates that, you know, you're getting a ton of value where he's going right now. And I think the batting average was a little lower than it should be. You know, he's not a bad contact guy. Like, you know, he makes a decent amount of contact. You know, He's got a decent O swing as well. Um, so I think there's definitely 10, 20 possibility here, 15, 20 possibility here for Hampson. If he gets Rob, everyday Rob plate appearances.
1: DPH yeah. says fam's made of an ADP last year is was 123.
2: Was 123. So and now you're getting him like pick 235 or something like that. So about 110 picks later. Um and he put together like a fairly decent season. For some reason, it's not coming up here um on my uh on and my he, fan he, graphs. But
1: he, he's homeless right now. Oh, there so he uh... is. He
2: he went fifteen and fourteen last year. And, he's and he hit two twenty-nine. But
1: most guys, if you look at his ex stats, like and his like contact skills, big cut People hate the unlucky term, but he was very unlucky. Yeah.
2: So, um, so fam. Yeah, I like I like Hamson uh, Tapia. No, not really. Uh, he. I don't know if he's gonna play. He doesn't play every day. Um, you know the projections like him a lot. Uh, so if you're into that, which I'm generally, well, I'm not like I'm into it sometimes, but I don't let it uh, fully guide my decision making process but, um, just not a lot of power, like kind of like a rabbit, but isn't stealing as much as like, um, your Miles straw type guy. But you know, the batting average is nice. Um, in course is nice, but again, like, is he going to play, um, on a regular basis last year, his playing time really faded down the stretch. And then Andrew Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn is really interesting to me because there's nothing bad in the underlying metrics and if anything, like it's pretty impressive for a guy who I think he's just like two years out of college or whatever. Um, and you know, he comes with the pedigree. So he's the type of guy that could really take that, that next step. Um, and I think one of the reasons why he's being hurt is because I think roster resource doesn't have him starting.
1: Yeah. Um, he, platoon, he platooned a lot last year. Cause, uh, uncle Tony couldn't figure it yeah,
2: out. Yeah. He platooned a lot, but he's the type of guy. Yeah. If he could play regularly, um, you know, could really, I mean, you know, he could make that big jump to like 30 home runs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's got that pedigree to him. But I don't have any of him either because he just doesn't do enough um for me at this spot in the draft where we're going. So that's kind of my rundown on those guys. I like a I like a few of them.
1: Yeah, Lane Thomas is interesting. We saw some good, good spots from him last year hit at the top of that Washington Nationals lineup. You know, still have Soto there, of course. You have Josh Bell and company so i can definitely see the appeal he's gonna get you you probably double digit homers and steals with some up mate like if he runs real hot 15 15 which is pretty darn awesome in this range uh so i don't mind lane thomas at all like i'm not rushing out to get him but there's appeal there for sure as the draft goes on if you're looking for a guy that can help you in steals tommy fam i'm with you I 100 percent love him. i'm curious where he lands that's obviously i think part of the reason he's getting drafted where he is he's a free agent and there's questions to be had there some people aren't probably in love with this season last year, which was still pretty good, like you said. And, and there's still a lot of meat on that bone, I think, with Tommy Pham. Uh, so if you want to take a stab at him, go for it. Um, Garrett Hampson, big fan of. I'm with you. Like People hate him. I get it. There's some questions here and there. But he had second base outfield, which is awesome, like really awesome. Plus, this dude legit could get you 30-plus stolen bases. Like, if, if he were to start playing every day – which he should. There's like this is the first time. This is like an argument I made on Twitter a while back. I think I took him the first time. I sent out some tweets and you get the usual, oh, Hampson's bad and blah blah blah. Like, okay, I get it. He's platoons, he does this, that. But the biggest thing is he hasn't played every day because it's the Rockies. He's there's no reason he shouldn't play this every day. Like this he's, is the year. He's old enough
2: now where the yeah, Rockies he's, will want to do it.
1: He's this tall. He's tall enough to ride the ride now. Like he's allowed to get on the Matterhorn. This is the way things go get it, Rockies Mountain. I got you. Um, oh, but, man. Uh, <laughs> I did not get it at first. That one
2: hits good. <laughs> I saw the look Bubba, on your face. That man. was great.
1: I was going like to say like Disneyland
2: reference, but like, no, the Rockies Matterhorn.
1: Holy. Yep. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's late. It's late. I know. Walk out late. That's a top 10. Happening.
2: That's a top 10 uh, thing that's happened on our podcast. I mean, yeah, I they may be, lo- the baseball may be locked out. But we're still bringing you top ten moments
1: of the I'm gonna podcast. have to submit that for FSWA for us next year. That might Oh, be for long. sure. Do um, that. Just that but, joke. Best joke yeah, just on a joke. podcast referencing Disneyland, <laughs> but not best about dumb dad Disneyland. Joke. Yeah. Best dumb dad joke type pun. Oh, no, Jeff Erickson, fantastic. You gotta run for your money. Um, but yeah, I think there's so much life that he should play second base every day. McMahon over to third, uh Rogers at short. Like this there's no reason this shouldn't happen. We'll see. Tapia is interesting because I had him on some teams last year where you can kind of pick and choose when to play him because Connor Joe is playing a lot leading off, but there's a stretch where Connor Joe would play first base and Tapia would hit second and play the outfield. Like if they can coexist, it's great. Excuse me. Problem is, is I don't think they're going to coexist right now, but Tapia does have legit stolen base potential. So he's interesting. Vaughn. I love, but I just don't trust the playing time. That's the problem. Like, I love Andrew Vaughn. Love him. I talked about it like last year when I saw him playing for Cal. He was playing Cal Poly. I went to the, I made a point to go watch him. Apparently, I'm gonna go to a lot more Cal Poly games this year. Um, he reminded me so much of Josh Donaldson. Like I took pictures of him, his batting stance, just his he had the, the hair and everything. He looks just like Josh Donaldson. So I love Andrew Vaughn. I'm just worried about Uncle Tony, what he's gonna do. So it's it's a tricky one for sure. But at this point in the draft, I think it's worth the gamble. If, you, if you're comfortable with what you got going on and you want to take a risk for some power upside, I think he's a great, great risk at that point. So no problem with that at all. All right. We made it, Toby. 70 guys, 70 Ooh. outfielders later. That's 70 outfielders on the show. Um, let's do some listener questions. We've got a couple of them. Let's see what we got here. Let me add a bring up the old trusty phone with the questions and we kick it off with do, do, do. oh by the way breaking news got this in a chat Um Craig Mish is reporting Sixto Sanchez is hurt again mm. so I wasn't dropping really surprising right yeah, yeah I mean I'm just saying for those that still kind of had hope for him like as late dart throws and drafts just throwing it out there <laughs> it uh, might be one that's to completely pass on now But all right, first question we got here from our buddy Aaron R. at A. Greiky. Who are your favorite outfielders past pick 400, Toby?
2: Favorite outfielders past pick 400. Now, let me just go here to... There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm going to do outfield just so that I'm not looking sorting through everybody. Yeah, I like a lot of them. All right. Let's start the engine or start our engines. Bradley Zimmer. I like Bradley Zimmer a lot. Uh, A little bit of power speed combo there. He was pretty much the best outfielder, maybe this side of miles straw um, in the Cleveland outfield last year. And so I think he's going to get plenty of run, maybe a platoon concerns, but going this deep in drafts, I think there's the possibility for a nice little breakout. Also friend of the pod, just Justin Mason has always been a big Bradley Zimmer fan. So Uh, We'll give him kudos uh, right there. Um, Matt Vierling is a guy that I really like a lot. Um, I have near 100% exposure to him in draft champions leagues. Uh, He's a rookie, kind of lesser known, older guy, but a little bit of power and speed there. Um, So I like Vierling a lot and maybe playing time in Philly. We'll see how that outfield fills in. But for right now, it looks like he may have um, some access to playing time. Chad Pinder is a guy that I like. Um, some smart people have pointed out that uh, you know, if when the season happens, if Matt Olson and Matt Chapman are traded, then Pinder's gonna get plenty of run, potentially in multiple positions. And he's got pop. You know, he didn't have it last year. He was battling through some injuries, but he's always been one of those like barrels per batted ball event leaders um, that we see. Ben Gamel um, is another one that I like. Uh, you know, going around pick 550, should play every day. Uh, with the pirates a little bit of speed a little bit of pop a little bit of batting average um should play every day i like jake Fraley a lot you know he's a guy who he's going to be he's going to be platooned right now um but he's the guy I like that you could really put up like a pretty nice season like a 15-15 type season i think if he stays healthy and he plays on a regular basis and gets that run you know could be dispossessed in that outfield if they sign the right guys but um you know he's he's yeah, I like I like Jake Fraley. Um, I think I'll stop right
0: there.
1: All players. right, I got a couple. I got a couple more. I like the. Um, which one? He had one there. I liked quite a bit. I might go back to him in a minute. But uh, one that I think is there's there's a bunch here. Like I won't name them all. It's the ones that stand out the most. I love Garrett Cooper. I've always loved Garrett Cooper. It's just a matter of health with him. But like, if you want to talk batting average assets later in your draft and with the DH. He benefited a ton of from it in the 60 game season. And he will again this season. Um when he was healthy, he benefited in 2020. We had 284 last year, 283, 281. When he is healthy, he hits for an average. He's got power. He's going super late. Uh, this is a guy I, I like to target quite a bit in Garrett Cooper. I'm still a sucker for Aaron Hicks just because he's gonna be playing every day in that that Yankees lineup, and that's just a really good lineup. If he can't stay healthy, you drop him, but there's a lot of potential there with Aaron Hicks still. Um, Anthony Alford is a popular one. He's got a ton of power speed. Just can't he keep it together uh, with the average enough to stay in the lineup? That's the trick, tricky one with him, but tons of power, tons of speed. Don't mind taking a late shot on him. Man, there's tons of them. Um, if I want to go later, I like – oh, Ben Gamble is the one I like that you mentioned a lot. I think like Ben gamble's a very, very good, and Jake Fraley's not bad either, but I like the Ben Gamble shout there because I think there's something there. And then in your super, super deep, um, I keep getting stuck, sucked into, and maybe things will change, but at pick 656, this will be my last one because there's more to come. But uh, Steven Piscotti, he's starting for the Oakland A's, starting, unless something crazy happens. Maybe he – Gets hurt or something but the dude can hit 20 plus home runs if he plays a full season um so like he's going almost a pick 700 so if you like he's a guy i have on so many leagues as like my 10th outfielder because it's you're just looking for at bats at that point if something happens so be it but if you're taking him versus a potential prospect i'll take the guy that's supposed to play every day so the is interesting and rob rob dpatro believes hicks is interesting i agree it's just a matter of health with him. That's that's the tough part with Hicks. But if he can stay healthy, he'll just, he's another 15 to 20 home run guy. Tons of runs scored with the Yankees. So we'll see. Well, there's a lot of outfielders late. Lots of them. That makes them tough to go get like your core guys early in DCs and then fill up the rest of your stuff. There's tons of outfielders to be had. Um, next question. Charlies with a four instead of an A. Thanks for doing these pods. couple of questions. The first one. Thoughts on Harrison Bader? He gave that one. So we're good there. He said he plays Elite, elite D, made some improvements in K percentage. What do you? Uh, why do people rank Verdugo higher? Okay, we talked about both. Would you take Bader over Verdugo? Let's answer that for him.
2: I'd probably take Bader over Verdugo okay. just because of the speed. Um, I mean, I may have been a little bit harsh on Bader, honestly. Um, it
1: was bad for a while. Like I, I understand it, it what you were saying. It was bad
2: seeing. for a while, but... You know, the end of the season, the end of the season, like he was just on some sort of crazy BABIP run. But then when you look at the full contents of it, right, he hit 267, just slightly above his his league average. But he did make contact improvements. He was down at 21.2%, you know, with a 77% contact rate. You know, the O swing did get worse. The BABIP wasn't outrageous at all. The home run per fly ball wasn't outrageous either. So he seemed to earn all of it. And, and certainly a 267 batting average with 16 home runs and nine to steals is not anything to, to you know sniff at. Like the bad X projection of 244, 18 home runs, 12 steals, that's nothing to sniff at either, especially in 516 plate appearances. You get up to 600 plate appearances and you're talking about it closer to a 2015 guy, um, which is something. So I may have been a little bit harsh um, on, on, uh, on Bader there. And you no, know, I don't necessarily see him, uh, deposing, uh, Tommy Edmund.
1: it um, would be tough, but maybe Dylan but, Carlson batting second.
2: Yeah. But you never That's know. Sure. And you never know what could happen and you have a new manager. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I may have been a little bit of harsh on Bader. So I apologize. Uh, I just would like to take this opportunity to apologize to Harrison Bader, uh, for not giving him a fair shake. I think there's definitely some potential there. You made some solid improvements. Uh, I may not be a believer, but I can certainly understand uh, those people out there who do believe in Harrison Bader, um, I'm glad, especially I'm glad where we, he's going in drafts.
1: I'm glad we can come full circle there. Now, now, sure. we're, now we're talking. And I think one of the things we have to think about, and it's still the number of at-bats won't change. But with the DH, no pitcher batting ninth, I think more is possible for the bottom of the order, guys. Like more can be done where we look at certain guys' numbers, and it's like they were kind of screwed over by the situation, probably more often than not in that. So that could change as well. Um, His other question, he says, thoughts on uh, Kiki Hernandez and Hunter Renfro. All three are available. So he's talking about Bader, Hernandez, Renfro. All three are available in his 10-team Roto Dynasty 5 outfielders. So between Bader... Hernandez Renfro, which one how would you rank the three for Dynasty?
2: For Dynasty, I'd go Renfro. I mean, honestly, in a ten in a ten teamer, how many how many players Five are there? Five outfielders.
1: Uh, Five outfielders, but so even in a ten teamer, I mean starting fifty. You're not using probably most of these guys.
2: Yeah, I mean Renfro is probably the only one that I would roster in a ten teamer, honestly. Um, I, go,
1: I go Renfro, Bader, Hernandez, just because Bader's yeah. still young. There's upside there. Who's this year's Akil Badu? He asked that question on every pod I do. Does he, <laughs> James? Yeah, James, he that question on every pod. James
2: is asking, "Who's this year's Akil Badu?" Yes, oh, he was kidding. just kidding. kidding. Yeah, because he asked hey, that on every single. Pod. There's no, <laughs> there's no kidding on this podcast. <laughs> who is this year's Akil Badu? Who is the player who? will be a it's rule a five, five draft, draft pick, pick. <laughs> mash righties suck like crazy against lefties and be super <laughs> over drafted the net the following year hmm um who's this year's akil badu Mullins. uh
1: bradley zimmer bradley's close enough we got justin mason both sides there so it works bradley right. zimmer i mean no it's very possible you're not wrong I, I get exactly what you're saying bradley zimmer yeah it's very possible very, james very you possible. heard it here first you heard uh, it here first. Our buddy MS at SMMS79 with our last question of the evening. In draft and holds, I had the most success last year when I targeted guys with a single valuable skill that I lacked at the time. When you get to the 300 to 500 range, do you approach it similarly, or is a guy like, uh, like Luis Arias a no-go? Like He talks about like, like Arias such a great batting average guy, so his Arias, picks, who- he tried to get... Yeah, he tried to get like certain assets with each pick, or do you try to still get like the multi category? Is what he's kind of asking, I think. Yeah, obviously, a, you want multi category, but are you trying to focus on something?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, first, before I answer that, I just want to say, uh, Mark, uh, because that is the first name of SMMS. Oh, or that's, however great. It says. that's
1: good to know going forward. Thank it you. It
2: is. Um, I would just like to say, congratulations, um, on winning the league cup, uh, for Liverpool. In an incredible, incredible game on Sunday. Oh, Liverpool won boys. the league cup. Yeah, didn't
1: he, didn't like the backup goalie miss the kick? Oh,
2: let me tell you, it was nuts. Soccer's it was a great so game, bad. back and forth, zero to zero. Why is it, it
1: was, why is it, Liverpool won
2: 11 to 10 on PKs because all 11 players on Liverpool made it and the first 10 players on Chelsea made it. So the only ones left were the, were the, uh, were the goalkeepers. And their goalkeeper missed it. And it was a substitute goalkeeper. And the narrative was just too strong because last year or two years ago, his his coach asked him to come out of a penalty kick shootout and he refused to do it. And so it had to happen. But we won. Liverpool already with a trophy this year. We're going for three more. Nothing can stop us. We're rolling. All right. So now that we've answered that, Uh, the way that I generally handle it is I'm looking for plate appearances are kind of like the top filter. I want guys that are going to play even if they're not that good, even if they're Alcides Escobar, right. Um, I want plate appearances. I want three to four, preferably four at each of the infield positions, three or four catchers, depending on how, you know, dangerous I'm feeling, uh, in that particular DC. And then I want like, uh, eight, nine, 10 outfielders, uh, because you probably will use all of those guys throughout the course of a season. So that's kind of like the top filter that I use. So I'm looking at plate appearances. I'm looking at filling those positions. And then I'm also trying to address, I'm going to leave the draft with some sort of weakness in some drafts. It's been power, right? So I'll draft like, you know, so I'll go for power guys later on, you know, um, in some it's So then I'm looking at some steals guys like a Bradley Zimmer or somebody like that, who I'm trying to add. So it really is trying to fill in those pockets of weakness that you might have and or kind of backfill that foundation that you've built in. Um, And generally there aren't a lot of five category guys, right? I mean, that's why they're at that back end of the draft. And so I'm really trying to look for guys that are going to play that fill a positional need that I have. And that at the same time, are also feeling some sort of categorical need or weakness that I feel like I have in my team. So those are kind of the different filters that I kind of
1: um, you know, kind of screen through my guys. Yeah. Yeah, we're very similar. Like I had Steve Weimer on a show. I know you, you're in a text group with him. And he's very, very good at DCs. Very, very good. And you are too obviously, but Steve's very not good as DC's. good as Steve. Yeah, he's unfortunately. He, he broke down very similar roster construction build, like you're saying. And so like what I do when I get to a certain part in the draft before I make my picks, because they're slow drafts, and you can I pull up my roster grid like every time to make sure like I'm not deficient in a certain position. Cause the last thing you want to do is like realize it two rounds too late and then you're stuck with Cavin Biggio. Cause that happened to me before. Like oh, you just don't man. want those things. You just don't Can want you those.
2: imagine having Kevin Biggio? It's
1: miserable. I can because I haven't been battled with the pods. So can happen. that
2: guy can that guy hit a home run? Um, on that exit velocity like at the triple a triple a
1: triple a can he so hit it won't over. be on my team so yeah uh but that that helps that situation and then like you mentioned plate appearances that's why i loved like i mentioned Stephen biscotti if he's starting at pick 660 something like those are there's a couple weeks of the year you'll use him like you said and it makes you feel so much better about life so i i'm with you in that for sure um but uh, for the most part toby nailed it like usual so you can definitely go on that one another question here in the chat brian k asks hey guys do you know if brad miller has a home no he does not he's got 20 games in outfield last year don't love him but i thought a strong side platoon he's a great platoon guy we saw it in the past he's got ton of powers he's just got no home he will sign somewhere that needs a platoon guy like there's no doubt about that i just have no clue where because he could literally fit on all 30 teams
2: yeah, I, I like Brad Miller. I actually don't have any of Brad Miller. I had a ton of Brad Miller the last couple of years. I'm just definitely to take a guy. Him right definitely now. a guy like a, yeah. a like a cheapo team. That's what I'm going to start calling them. And started calling them like small market or like whatever they're it cheap. is. Like they're all cheap. The there's cheapo 30, team. Thirty cheap teams. There's a there's enough cheapo teams that will sign him to be the strong side of a DH platoon, and it's not like a terrible.
1: TPHO uh, said the Yankees, which makes um, a lot of
2: sense. Yeah.
1: So Makes
2: a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean he's he's a fine enough hitter and he's got some pop for sure. So it's a good played, shout. Yeah,
1: play first base infield and DH. Like he can really help. He used to play middle infield, so he probably could swing around every once in a while if he had to. Like he he'd be a great fit somewhere for sure. Um, Mr. Robert Pietro. Yes, Joey Weimer rules. We know Joey. Uh, he said Taylor Rogers. Oh, he's not before.
2: talking about Joey.
1: Who's he talking about?
2: He's talking about Steve.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. My bad. Talking my bad.
2: about Steve, Steve Weimer my rules. My bad.
1: You are so right. We're just talking about my Okay. Right
2: Here, this is a tough question. All right. You've got a room oh, no. and it's Don't make full me do this. of Weimers.
1: <laughs> Who, you got How do you rank them? <laughs> Joey
2: Weimer and Steve Weimer in a room. Okay. And, or maybe like, in a line and you're drafting them, who do you choose first?
1: Do you choose Steve fair. Weimer
2: or That's Joey Weimer first? I um, mean, this seems like a pretty clear answer to me, Bubba.
1: Steve, Steve Weimer, of course.
2: Steve Weimer, of course. He's got,
1: he's got the more the longer pedigree, longer track oh, record.
2: The guy has been producing for years. Yeah. And also the thing the thing is like I mean, Steve's awesome, and I love Joey Weimer, but he's he hasn't even hit the big leagues yet. I mean, Steve yeah, Weimer hasn't. has hit. Steve the big is Steve is leagues. the big leagues.
1: He is the big leagues. So he is. Okay. He Fair defines.
2: Enough. He personifies the big leagues.
1: You you are there. You are correct there, and on that note, we're gonna wrap things up before we go down some really good rabbit holes. Uh, it's been a heck of a show, though. We had Nick Pollock early on, having yeah. some fun with us. We talked about 35 outfielders. We had some fun listener questions. We had Rob Pietro just filling up the chat with some greatness. Like, I didn't mention everything. It's just fun. So, if you guys want to join us on the YouTube, like, the chat room's there. Um, and Big Robert D, he's going to be back on the airwaves this week, folks. Um, he's got Johnny L coming on this week. I believe uh, there's a there's a certain podcast duo. Justin Mason, the second favorite podcast duo, <laughs> is going to be making an appearance on Rob Pietro's Pull hitter podcast next week just that's wow. what i've heard that's what i've heard we'll have to talk to people but i think that's happening so make sure and you guys it, go check it out
2: it's so nice to have rob back yep. and the podcast the pull hitter podcast i mean check it out Good stuff. uh rob is an amazing host an amazing um person. and he asks really great questions and uh there's a lot of a lot of a lot of really great strategy bites in those podcasts so i'd highly recommend them especially the march 10th that yeah, march 10th uh,
1: recording probably drops march 11th give or take yeah I that's mean, the, the march, one i recommend
2: the march 10th recording of that podcast yep. is going to be really phenomenal
1: and um, i'm gonna have to like i'm gonna have to like hack into his computer because he talked about all this like google sheet stuff he's been doing lately because i'm stupid at that and i really want to check it out so i'm curious i mean
2: the man the man is in the big leagues when it comes to google sheets
1: yes big leagues He's and just hitter. generally
2: he's, he's a pull hitter he is you can't even shift him because i mean right over you i mean if Kevin biggio or josh rojas <laughs> on that note Kevin we're, we're, we're as good of a show. pull hitter as rob di pietro is they might hit a home run next year <laughs> okay. it could, could be possible we've,
1: we've hit our Kevin biggio limit on so we have to wrap up the show <laughs> brian slack is gonna be drunk with laughter um so you can check out toby on twitter at Bad Flip crazy. i'm at Bdentric. This was our outfield episode preview volume two, Bubba and the Batflip episode 115. We'll be back with you guys next week with more previews. I think we're going to start in pitching next. I think so starting pitching. Yep. Holy so, David Pollock can show up for that. Uh, so, we'll get, we'll get on that one next week. But for now, you guys have a good one. Baseball's coming. Stay positive. Catch we'll you guys later.